Welcome to the Furniture Artist Podcast, where Erin shares experiences, adventures, and challenges in the furniture artist life. If you love brushes and paint, and furniture is your canvas, you're in the right place. Now, here's Erin from the Bowtie Treasures Studio. Thank you so much, Nicole. Happy episode number 11, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this Furniture Artist Live journey. We are continuing week after week talking about topics that are relevant to the furniture artist life or maybe something that you consider a craft or a hobby, home decor, something like that. But hey, if you like talking furniture and art and creative life, you're in the right place. And I'm so excited to come here every week as much as I can and share some insights, some discovery, experiences, you know, all the good things. And today I want to take a few minutes and I like to keep these fairly short because there's plenty of topics and always uh, good to just take a minute to talk through some things that I feel like are critical to what we do on a daily basis. And today I want to talk about thrift store shopping. How exciting is thrift store shopping to you? Some of you probably can't get enough of it and others of you, it's the last place you like to go. That may depend on the stores in your area. If you're like me, and I'm going to be honest, I'll go on vacation and I will thrift store shop because there's something about the hunt. In this furniture artist life, if there's a list of 20 or 30 things that we have to do in, in each project, there's something, as in, in, there's something super enjoyable about the hunt, finding that gem that diamond in the rough. And there's multiple places to do that. But the thrift store is just one of them. You might be a garage sale junkie. You may like estate sales, which I'm a big fan of estate sales. I was just at one Friday and I go to the estate sales when I need inventory. I don't go all the time because my luck is I will keep buying stuff and just I'll have furniture out out my ears, if you will. And uh, if you're constantly buying, good for you, but it drives me nuts to have too much. And so I'm at a point where I'm starting to get a little low, you know, the itch is there to go out and hunt again. But I want to take this show and just focus on thrift store shopping, and we'll talk about estate sales and things like that in another podcast. Let's talk about the advantages of thrift store shopping. I've listed maybe five. The first thing that's on my list, and I'm going to put this in quotes, but the nice thing about thrift store shopping is that it's safe. And what I mean by that, some people have uh, this bad aura about, uh, you know, meeting someone and buying furniture from a person, you know, a certain part of town or a certain type of who's listing it, that kind of thing, the unknown of, you know, am I going to get uh, to someone's house and disappear. You know what I mean? More than likely, you're, when you're going through a thrift store, you're safe. There's, It's got people there, there's managers, safety, whatever. So that's kind of nice. Uh, two, regular hours. You know that you probably can say on an urge, hey, let's go thrift store shopping or let's go to that one why we're going to go get something to eat. Let's stop by. That's always really nice for me after work. If I'm low on inventory, I might say, hey, let's just run by these two stores and see what they have. 
There's nothing wrong with that. If you're in the furniture or home decor life, you probably have done that many, many times. So I like the regular hours aspect. They're open after work. They're open on the weekends. And every time I go, I'm going to find something different. It's, I would, uh, I have more of an advice section, but it's nice to be able to get to know the people, whether it's the person at the counter or the managers or the floor staff, the person who uh, is walking around. It's good to know people. And if you can get to know them, it's really going to pay dividends down the road. And uh, sometimes if you get to know the right manager, they can probably start cutting you a deal um, because the one I go to is um, the, the has the most furniture. Occasionally I can talk to the manager and say, hey, I noticed this one has this section broken or it's missing this. And, you know, I don't even have to say, would you take this much? They usually know I'm, I'm bringing up that because I want a deal. Not long ago, I went in and they seem to have a lot of extra furniture. It's not that I can go in and predict that, hey, Thursday is going to be loaded. But this particular one, they had at least two Dixie pieces, a Drexel piece. I mean, they had some really nice pieces. And it's not always like that. But I wound up uh, basically bartering for five pieces total. And so I bought... I had my trailer with me. I, I think I had to come back. But I, f- I bought five pieces, and it took me about a month or two to get through all those pieces. And I think they have all since been done. And so it's really nice to be able to... In fact, there's a, a sub-secondary uh, manager. He said, hey, make sure you, t- you tell them what you want to pay. That's what he said. You tell them what you want to pay. Which I didn't really do that. It was more like, okay, the piece was 150, and I said, hey, will you take 60 or 80? I think we got somewhere around there. But in anyways, it was nice to be able to do that. And um, so I don't, but I don't get to always do that everywhere I go. Every thrift store is not like that. Every thrift store doesn't have a manager or managers roaming around. I think it depends on the size of the store. I also like the fact that there's no pressure. And what I mean by pressure, you can walk around. Take your time, kick the tires, if you will. It's unlike going to someone's home when you feel the pressure of them. You know, one, you don't want to insult them with the low price. You don't want to take too long. You want to get in and out. I could take all day at a thrift store, which is really nice. Probably one of my top things I love about the thrift store is they'll also help load it into my trailer or my SUV. That is always a great help. If I bought five pieces, I don't have to feel like at the end of the day, I need to go see the chiropractor because now I do have to unload it when I get home, but at least it's half the work. So I do like that effect, that element that they will help load. So those are the advantages I find. Um, There is usually a decent amount of variety, but there are oftentimes I leave empty handed as well. And I'm going to get to that point here in a minute. Let's talk about inspecting. When you show up, have a goal, have a, have a need. Usually for me, it's I need more pieces and I'm usually looking for buffets, dressers, nightstands. Rarely do I do end tables, but um, there's kind of a four or five types of furniture I'm expecting to get. The first thing I'm looking for is quality. And when I say quality, majority of the piece is wood. It's very difficult unless you're buying something from the 
you know, 1920s, 1940s, maybe the 50s, rarely you're going to find an all wood piece of furniture. Unless it's brand name and really well made, you're not going to usually find that. People aren't always throwing those out or donating those to charity. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Like I said, I found Dixie and Drexel, but Dixie and Drexel, Drexel didn't always make all wood furniture. And uh, But low quality, what I, I would probably put in the category of particle board, you know, just not real wood. When you pull the drawers out, it, it looks like the bottom of the drawer is made from fake wood. You know, it's like a laminate plastic. Okay, that's low quality. Looking for damage. My number one thing I look for is watch for damage. And that means um, whether it's dog chewed on it, it's been scratched up, the feet have been mauled or just gone through 60 years of abuse. So I'm looking for any kind of damage. What that basically means is I'm looking for anything that I have to repair. Does it need extra sanding because the top's been scraped up really bad? Are the sides intact? When I also say damage, I'm looking for water damage. Non-wood furniture oftentimes has some kind of bloating. The top's bloated, the side's bloated. Some, someone spilt water and didn't clean it up or it sat next to a window and something dripped. You can't fix that. I don't even touch it. So watch for damage. Watch for water damage. Look for stains. Stains usually seep down into the wood or the grain or the fibers or whatever, and they're really rather impossible to get out. So I'd be very cautious about stains. Usually this, the thrift stores I'm going to, there's not a huge issue with odors. I'm pretty sure that they would they toss it if it smells like just it was a cigarette infested piece. I usually don't run into those at uh, thrift stores that may be different where you're at, but usually they have a decent vetting process. It doesn't mean it's odor free. There may be some odors, but usually it's not super bad. But if it does have a noticeable odor that I don't think I can get rid of, and I usually just don't, I just avoid it. So watch for smells. And again, there's no pressure and no time. So you can just put your nose in every drawer and every cabinet, give it a good sniff and just make sure that uh, you're vetting that for sure. One of the things I look for is any kind of damaged or missing hardware. Remember, you need to take your time here. You could easily miss a knob, a handle. Can you replace it? Let me give you an example of something that really was advantageous for me uh, a few weeks back. Uh, I mentioned that they had, I think I ran into that they had a, let's call it a, a Drexel dresser. Well, because I had looked at all the inventory around the corner or a few aisles around, I saw that there was a tall dresser, a high boy, I would call it. Same style, same brand. So it, it was part of a set, but they weren't together. Well, I noticed that the wide dresser was missing hardware. I asked him if it'd be all right if I took one of the hardware from the high boy and put it with the dresser. I told him that I didn't, that the high boy or the, the tall dresser was less desirable than the wide one. And it's a true statement. It's easier for me to sell the wide one. And he had no problem with that because, one, he knew he was selling a, a, a bigger piece of furniture, making more money, 
And I've done this, uh, I, I'm trying to remember where I was at, Mobile, Alabama, one day I was over there, same situation, side by side, two pieces of furniture. And I said, can I move the hardware from this one piece to this piece? I'll buy this if you'll let me do that. No problem. And they let me do that. So sometimes you can get creative and if you find something missing and there's a matching set, or you have your bucket of extra hardware at home that you know you probably have something but I usually don't buy furniture with damaged hardware because I just don't have a guarantee that I can replace it, especially if it's a custom hardware, like a, I'm going to say vintage or mid-century modern. You just not gonna, It's going to cost you $50 to $100 to replace hardware. It's not worth messing with unless you just have to have it. You know what I mean? So watch for missing hardware. One of the things that does drive me nuts a little bit at the one place that's the biggest one in my town that they like to do, and I've seen this in many places, is they store their dressers on their, the, on their end. So the short end, if you will. And you could tell sometimes when I look at it that it's been put on a hand cart or dolly and it's been moved around the store and then they drop it down on the, you know, on the ground, not aggressively but you know what I mean they put it down so sometimes I know going into it I'm going to have to sand that end where they had the hand cart or they had it stit you know they'll put it on its end and they'll twist it into place these people don't understand that they're messing it up I went to a house to buy some furniture the other day and the older gentleman wanted to he did that he put the dresser on a hand cart and wheeled it out of his house I'm like oh at least you put a towel on the hand cart but, I, you know, I really was not happy about that. Uh, that's just not the way furniture was meant to be moved around. So that is one disadvantage, and that's something that I'll also check for is, did it get jam- damaged just by being in the store and being moved around? Oftentimes, when a piece gets to a thrift store, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, the furniture is not in good shape. Something's broken. Something doesn't slide anymore. I was, um, you know, sometimes the door is stuck or hardware is broken. And so people just don't want to mess with it. They don't want to mess with finding new hardware or fixing the sticky drawer. So they just take it to goodwill. Someone who's been in the business long enough knows how to fix those. That's where we kind of come in and rescue the piece. And uh, But don't hesitate to offer a little less because there is damage. They oftentimes don't know that what's wrong with it really is going to affect the amount of work you have to do. So bring that to their attention. Hey, I noticed this top's loose. It's missing two hardware. This door's cracked. Those are kind of conversations I think is worthwhile having. Again, they're, they're trying to move the furniture. They're not really inspecting all the issues. And oftentimes they'll be forgiving with the price. The other thing I like to do, and I, I like most of the stores are like this, I can look at the back. One, does it have a good um, sheet of wood or board on the back is it in good shape i'm also looking for any of the wood to be bloated um, a lot of the vintage furniture has a lot of particle board and that stuff's very easy to get wet and get bloated so i'm looking at the back for any staining any issues to the top i also you can also look at the back of the top of a piece of furniture and you can tell if there if it's solid wood by the fact that if there's a little thin, like eighth of an inch laminate, you know that it's not solid, which means if I have to sand it, I can't go any thicker than an eighth of an inch, or I'm going to start getting into particle board or a different type of wood. 
But regardless, I usually like to look at the back and it just kind of gives me another hint to the condition of the piece. If it's, you know, you, you never know, you might find mold, you might find stains. Uh, if you see tons of dog hair, there's probably going to be smells. If you see a thousand spider cob, cobwebs, you probably know it wasn't really kept very well. So look all over, look at the sides. I've I bought pieces where the sides were bloated or scraped really bad or had really a lot of issues that were going to need to be patched. Take your time. If you're going to spend, I'm just throwing $100 for a really nice piece of furniture, but you get home and a piece of the decorative molding's missing, you're stuck. I mean, unless you're going to start carving wood or something. So be very careful. Those are that's all under my inspect section. It's very important to do that. One of the, um, at the thrift store that I like to go to, they pretty much stick the price tag really prominently on the top. Usually you can see the date that the piece came in and how much they want for it. And oftentimes you'll see that they've crossed it out two or three times. Like maybe they started at 400 and now it's at $94 because it's been sitting on the floor for three months or you know, five weeks, whatever. So usually when the standard is you go in there and you pull the, t- you, you take the tag off the piece and you take it to the front and then they help you load it up. Sometimes I'll go in there and I'll take the tags off two or three or four pieces and buy them all or at least be thinking about it. Because in this store, it's very possible that your competitor or someone else is looking at furniture too. And if you don't take the tag... You come back in 10 minutes, the tag's gone. So it's kind of like first come, first serve kind of thing. But you usually take the tag, and then you go up front and you buy it. There are times where I'm not prepared to take the piece home. And so I will say, I'm gonna, they give you three days to pick it up. So I'll put the piece, I'll buy it. I think they put it off into a holding area, but if they don't do it quickly, there has been at least twice They've come back to pick up the piece and it was nowhere to be found. And they they wound up reselling the piece. <laughs> Crazy, I know. Well, the last time this happened, the gentleman, I came back to get two pieces. They still had one, but the other one was gone. Which I wasn't so totally offended by because I didn't totally, totally love the piece. The one piece I really liked was still there. Uh, so I got that one. Well, he, so they were nice enough, the gentleman... I'm not sure what country he's from, he, but his accent was like, no problem. You just, you know, he, he basically said, pick two, any two pieces you want, anything you want, just pick two pieces. So I wound up doing better than expected. Um, the accident turned out to be, uh, to go well in my favor. I bought two end, two night end tables and another really nice buffet piece. But it is interesting that, you just never know uh, when they're dealing with so volume of volume of pieces, things can kind of get shuffled and lost. But that that was kind of unfortunate. But it goes to my one of my points that you have to be careful that sometimes your competitors are sh- shopping for the same thing you are, and I say that because I've ran into them. Not competitors in a bad way, but there's only so much furniture in town to go around. So I think one time I saw this this couple. They were they should probably had six tags in her hand, and I just introduced myself. Come to find out, 
it was nice to meet them because I knew of their work or they were in the same shopping place I was at or sh- sh- uh, store. So it was nice to, you know, we talked about community a couple episodes ago. But again, you never know. So it's like anything else. You better get it while you can because it may not be there a few minutes later because some other people are looking for the same thing. One advice I would also give you is don't, uh, like we we went to Clemson, South Carolina last weekend and we were just killing time. So we were going to a few thrift stores and they happened to be within a couple blocks of each other. There's three of them. We went to two of them. We were like, yeah, this is not working out. Let's go do something else. I said, no, let's try one more. And I can't remember who said that, but the third one, sure enough, this beautiful Dunkin' Five Buffet, great price, good condition. I did really little prep to it. It's now sitting in my studio. It's next in line. And uh, loaded in our SUV, and we brought it home from South Carolina. So you just never know. If you've got the room and you've got some time, sometimes you might find some interesting furniture that you don't get in your area. So I'm always prepared, and we've got a nice SUV that can handle it. Nothing huge, but it can handle a nice buffet. So it's uh, something we, we love to do. To give you some tips uh, as we wrap this episode up, uh, just make sure that you remember that these places are selling their pieces high because oftentimes, like ours, they'll go on sale 10, 15, 20% off. So sometimes the price accommodates the fact that they're going to go on sale here in the near future. Or they just know that someone really wants that piece so bad. So don't hesitate if you get to know the people that you might be able to say, would you take 30% off of this? bring up some issues and some reasons why you would want to do that condition things like that i do want to urge you if you're new to this furniture or thrift store buying the human nature as i mentioned at the beginning is really loves the hunt sometimes you feel like you have to buy something to be successful i found i've eventually over time got to the point where i'm capable of saying, I can leave today without buying anything. Because if, if you're not careful, you will leave with junk and you'll regret it because you have to work on it later on. Only buy it if you could actually make a profit or you're going to totally love working on it. If you have any doubts, I would walk away. The other tip I would have is follow that store on social media. There's a couple in town that they list all their big furniture online. And oftentimes it's gone before you even get there. You can actually call this place and buy it over the phone. Not that I recommend that, but if it was an absolutely beautiful piece and you're willing to take the chance, I would do it. But follow them on social media. That's a great way. Not all stores do that. I will tell you one thing I've done too is sometimes they'll leave this sell tag on the table and it's like it'll say sold. I'll look at the piece to see who bought it. Sometimes I'll look that person up to see if they're my competitors. Yes, I'm that kind of person. It's just kind of nice to know who else is searching for the same furniture you are. And I looked up one time, and sure enough, I messaged the person. I said, I, and I took a picture of the tag. I said, you beat me. So it was kind of fun to jab at them a little bit about the fact that they beat me to a nice piece of furniture. But again, have fun with your community. I think it's, it's perfectly fine to do that. I mentioned a while ago, and I reiterate, come prepared to load a piece of furniture. Uh, I remember it reminds me of going to the dog pound one day. 
we had no intention to buy a dog. Of course, what happened? We bought a, we bought a rescue dog. If you're going to go to a thrift store, be prepared to buy something. Okay, don't say, well, let's go buy a piece of furniture. Not, unless they've got a policy where they'll hold it for three days, and they do, and that works out really well. But I always come prepared to load a piece of furniture. Maybe have a blanket or some one of, some of that plastic wrap to put around a piece or some straps, whatever, you, if you've got a truck, something like that. So I think it's always good to be prepared. Know what you need. Um, probably the last thing I would do uh, recommend is I like to suggest that you walk around two to three times. So, for example, go through all the furniture. If something stands out, grab the tag. Walk around. Go to another part of the store. And then come back. Oftentimes, a different perspective gives you a different look at something. Oh, I didn't notice that huge scratch last time. Or I didn't know that the side of that was damaged. So let me recommend that you... It's kind of like sleeping on it, but in the store. And then... So just... Get a different perspective. Come come at the furniture from a different perspective, from a different angle. Like if you enter the store and you see it straight on, come from the back or come from the side. It's nice to get different looks. And sometimes uh, if I go with my wife, the two of us have a different look. For She's looking for one thing and I'm, I might be trying to smell it and she knows the hardware's missing. And it's not unusual for every time we look that one of us catches something, oh, we better not do that. And then the other times it's like, we better grab that now. And that's always a good experience. Overall, go discovering. You need to go frequently if you are in the process of really needing to find a lot of pieces. You got to go a lot. And you just never know what you're going to find. Find out when their sales are. Find out when a certain manager is going to be that. That gives you a good deal. That's always great too. Bottom line, sometimes you just have to be prepared for anything. And so I'll probably go here in the next few days just to see what's going on. Uh, we had a lot of estate sales last Saturday. I just wasn't able to go. So sometimes thrift stores, my backup plan. And that's perfectly fine. But sometimes I would rather do thrift stores and estate sales before I do a one-on-one meetup. It's just a lot more comfortable. It's a lot more enjoyable. I hope those insights are helpful. Um, if you have a chance to make some comments on the post, I'd love to hear some interesting stories and takes that you have in the situation. But uh, whatever you do, be safe. Have fun, inspect your work, and keep discovering and build their relationships with your community and with those at these stores because they're the lifeblood for your supply chain, if you will. Well, that's it for episode number 11. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Take care now. Be creative. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out our website, bowtietreasures.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, other furniture artists like you can find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.